0: hey everybody it's me john and me dan hey it's us it's us we're here wow this is top quality content
1: well speaking of top quality content one of the things that uh john you and i've wanted to do Mm -hmm. uh was to to create bonus special bonus content for the listeners who support the show on patreon
0: so desperately i have wanted to do this
1: and you know i my original suggestion was that we you You perform a live concert each week of brand new material, uh yeah, but
0: I, I rejected that you idea. rejected
1: that, and I accept that i that's i mean it's not me doing the the songwriting
0: that's right precisely
1: uh but uh, since but it's, do, but you have other ideas, other things we could do
0: well, I do want to communicate uh with people who want to communicate and yeah but well, we've done this quite a bit. I ask for people to reply on twitter i say and I mean there are people who have who have reactivated their long dormant Twitter accounts just to send me a tweet that says, hello, I'm doing this thing that you asked. And oh, we've like, seen a lot of that. I really appreciate that. That feels good. I want to repay that somehow. Um, so, you know, we really enjoyed doing reader mail briefly. We did that for a little while. Yeah, people I love that. People sent me packages, which was fun.
1: Yeah, you open but, the packages. And, but we love, we love getting people who write in and they ask, they ask us questions and, or share so, things and we help them.
0: Yeah. So what if we did a reader mail segment that was like, um, that was in this sort of after dark space and you could ask real questions that were not just like, you know, that weren't somewhat neutered questions for, for a broad audience, but were, you know, questions about real things that could be talked about in a, um, in a space that we knew was sort of reserved for people that really cared.
1: Yes. you know what I mean. Like yeah, that's I do. Part
0: of what's interesting about the the um, a space where people, you know, like whatever, a Patreon space is that there aren't a bunch of looky loos over there. Mm-hmm. There aren't a bunch of normals mm-hmm. who are just stopping by to to grind tourists, to, John tourists, to, to tourists, and smirkers, and and snorks, and whoever else. <laughs> yeah. and so I would, I, I think I would at least feel at liberty. You'd share more, more, you'd divulge more, more.
1: you'd be more, more, yeah, more frank and more open. I would too.
0: Well, and I would expect that the, that the reader mail could get a little bit more frank and personal because, because likewise people would feel like, oh, my letter isn't just being read out to the, to the, the larger world, but is, you know, contained within this smaller organization. So that feels like a thing that I wanted, that I want to try. What, what do you, what do you say? I would love to
1: be a part of that. And, uh, and so this will be special bonus content just for the patreon supporters
0: bonus content
1: and the patrons at patreon.com slash roadwork this and, is the
0: world this is how the world is and this if, is the world
1: yes and if you want yes. to be uh one of these people who contribute something that uh, john and i will take uh time to answer and read and talk about uh just send an email to roadwork mm-hmm. at 5x5.tv roadwork at five by five dot TV and uh, start now start right now stop hit pause and go write the email now and then listen to the episode that's about to start in a few seconds
0: yeah whatever it is that you think that you would like to hear uh you know me and dan discuss it could be a lot of things. It could be, you know, you. Could you might want to ask down.
1: about why John ties his shoelaces a certain way, or. Well, I yes. don't think that. But
0: you know, if you want to, if you want to talk about your marriage, if sure. you want to talk about, if you know, the whole idea of this show was that we talked about sex, religion, and politics. Yeah. And uh, so. Or shoelaces. Uh, yeah.
1: I mean, whatever uh, you want. It's up to them.
0: I, Ken Jennings was over at the house yesterday, and he has brand new. Uh, uh, Chuck Taylor one stars, brand new Converse one stars. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And the laces were so clean and so flat. It was like it was like a miracle. I kind of just wanted to get <laughs> down and like <laughs> like pet the laces, but I'm not going to talk about.
1: No. We have more important laces. things to talk about for the Patreon supporters. So and it will yeah. only be available to the Patreon people, only for them. And so we want to we want to really kick this thing off. Bonus content, secret content that you guys help us do. So uh, email us roadwork at five by five dot tv and support us at com slash roadwork and uh
0: i might occasionally play a song really i'm not committing to it okay but it's it's, it's possible it's conceivable i'll have a guitar around certainly yes hello john is that you oh hello dan hi how are you? I'm doing fine. How are you? Oh, I'm just swell. I'm looking at some video of uh, of a NOAA uh, aircraft flying into the eye of Hurricane Lane.
1: Yeah, this is a crazy thing going on right now. I don't know if I've ever heard about a hurricane hitting uh, Hawaii before. I'm sure it's happened sometime, but I don't know about it.
0: It's not, it's not normal. It's not normal behavior. It's kind of hard to hit Hawaii. It's a needle in a hair- haystack. Yeah. It's not like Uh, Florida, like, uh, hanging out there. Yeah, Florida just, we ought to just cut it off.
1: That was the worst part of living in Florida for me, and there are a lot of bad parts about living in Florida. But for me, the hurricanes, the constant, constant hurricanes. Is that right? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Dude, it, it you didn't, sucked. It sucked. You didn't. So bad. You
0: didn't. You didn't like them. You didn't like the anxiety of, of them God, on it was the so way. Bad. Or, so really? bad.
1: When I was a little kid, and we first visited or moved to Florida, I don't know. I must have been in maybe my early teens. My granddad would go to the Publix, and Publix would give away these, um, you know, like like uh, they were basically just photocopied paper with. Plotting points like not graph paper, but it had all these little points on it that would line up with the coordinates that they would read out on the radio every hour of where the hurricane was. And we would plot these points together. He would do his, I would do mine, and that would show you the track as it was going because we didn't have computers that had an internet connection because there was no such thing. And the only way to get coordinates from a hurricane was to listen to the radio, the AM radio station, once an hour. And that's how we would we would track them. And that sort of set the stage for my tremendous ang- hurricane anxiety that I would have until I finally moved away from Florida. Really? Yeah, and it, it's also what kind of led me to want to be a meteorologist, not like a TV meteorologist, but like a working at NOAA and tracking hurricane meteorologist, uh, which I never obviously did. But yeah, that was super stressful. And then as an adult, of course… Uh, preparing for the hurricanes and dealing with them was a whole other stress kind of anxiety that I'm so glad I've left behind.
0: Wow. Um, That's so interesting to me um, because I'm, you know, as we've discussed, I'm a little bit of a amateur storm chaser. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, the idea of a, of a hurricane really excites me. And I would think that living in a like storms in general i really like and i i would think that like living in a place where storms would happen um, regularly would yeah. be so exciting for me
1: i mean it's exciting but it's not it's not the good kind of exciting it's exciting like you know a lion has somehow gotten into your house at night and you're you're trapped in your bathroom kind of exciting
0: oh but how exciting would yeah, that be that would be
1: pretty exciting until it yes. kills you
0: well, and that's what the I mean, hurricanes I mean sometimes do everything's kind of exciting until it kills
1: you, yeah, but you see my grandparents uh used to live in a in a condo on the beach, and so they were always having to evacuate and oh. that sucked, and then uh, it's just and then we we i've gone through I was lucky in that I never had like a house i mean i knew I knew many people who had serious damage done to their houses and i've known some people who've lost their house or or most of it because of a hurricane and uh and we were fortunate in that the worst thing that ever happened was we had tremendous water intrusion and and had to rip out carpets and and repair walls and things like that that was the worst thing that ever happened so that kind of kills kills any of the Interest or excitement that you have, you just eventually want them to go away and and never mm-hmm. never come back again., hmm. Hmm. but you don't have that up where you are. you just have smoke
0: well, right now we just have smoke i mean we have we have a we have a few big storms a year, but they are not anything like the big storms that other people get. Our big storms are the wind blows, it knocks down some trees um every year. A few people, and this has always been very strange to me, a few people die from falling trees. Yeah. And it just seems so random and unlikely that you would be somewhere either in a car, usually they're in a car, they're driving along and a tree falls and kills them. And it's just like, wow, that just seems so so unlikely, so random. Like there aren't enough trees falling that it's just a matter of time before one kills somebody. <laughs> right, right. I mean there are trees fall all the time, but like that seems like a direct hit, you know? Like yeah. where got God is like, here's I've been waiting for this chance for a long time. <laughs> right. And now you're you're driving in, in the country and I'm just gonna <laughs> put some English on this tree. Right, sure. It's just crazy.
1: It is. And you know, that's all I also feel that way, like, have you ever thought about well let me set the stage for this first? And that is I don't like the idea that we because I feel that as as human beings that mm. w- we we are for better or for worse, shaping and pounding this planet into whatever bizarre unnatural shape we feel it should be in mm. um, we're covering it up, we're destroying it and uh, and we've been doing that really since the beginning agreed and uh, so, it's probably that's for, the, for that's worse.
0: Plan, actually, that's, yeah.
1: that's our actual, that's the yeah. Illuminati plan. Yeah. But in many cases, not just nature, but animals specifically can still defeat us, in some cases, easily defeat us. And I, I resent that. I feel like our, the step one in our domination of the planet should be animals don't get to eat us or kill us anymore.
0: You want to tame the animals. I don't
1: care if they're tame. I just want to like the idea of like like an an urban person, a person living in a city doesn't have to usually worry that a lion or a bear or a hippo is going to kill them. I've, my understanding is hippos kill a lot of people. Yeah, they do. And that seems like something we should have mass. We should master the hippo as as a, a as human beings. Dominating this planet and shaping it to our will and bending it into whatever we want it to do. Hippo eating should not be a concern for anyone right now, is how I feel. and like,
0: I don't think hippos kill us in order to eat us.
1: But they, no, they just kill, right? They just kill for sport.
0: Yeah, they're just, they're just cranky. They're just sport killers.
1: Right. Yeah. And so yeah. I, I feel like that should be the, like we shouldn't feel too accomplished as a species or a race or whatever. We shouldn't feel like we've done anything as a species unless we can say there's no chance an animal could kill us. I understand viruses and things like that are a little bit trickier than like yeah. fighting a hippo because you can, you can see the hippo and you have the remedy to get rid of the hippo or get away from the hippo. A virus can be a little tougher to do. I'm not including like viruses when I talk about that, but i I've often wondered what would be the best way to die because no one wants to die in 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 a way that where you're just like i feel like people who have like wonderful lives and they like die very very old surrounded by their loved ones that's a good way to go but i feel like if you're going for something exciting you kind of like want to be eaten by a great white or something like that's always been my goal was to to go out in the jaws of a great white and what? Yeah, that's how I want to go, and I feel like what? if I ever feel like I've outlived my usefulness as a, you know, as a person on the, on the planet, like if I just am simply no use anymore, that getting eaten by a great white, there, I don't think you'd have a better way to go. I can't what? imagine a better way to go than that.
0: How, what are you even talking about? Getting eaten by a great white would be a terrible way to go. No, it wouldn't
1: because most of the time you always hear people say, I didn't feel any pain. It was just my body was in shock as the great white was you know, chewing on me. Who and says that? That's what the people say.
0: That is absolutely not so you what don't the people feel, say. You don't
1: feel pain. You're at peace. You're in the water. You just you, let you go. Are, just let you are go. trolling
0: right now. No, I'm 100% say
1: about- to ask my wife. I've been talking about this for decades.
0: Yeah, and that's what they say about drowning, but they don't say that about being eaten it's by just a great
1: white. A, you're at peace. You're with nature. You're back going back to nature. You're supplying the food chain in a nice way. Good. One hundred percent seriously, and I and you know no one would be suspicious. Just, oh, let's just go on one of these great white things, you know, where they put you in the cage and then they put the chum in, and the great whites come out and then you just slip out of the cage. And you're free. I mean, I'm not planning on doing this until I'm like. I don't know, ninety, hundred years old. If I may. you know, You're what one I'm of
0: saying? those ninety-year-olds on a great white yeah. scuba adventure, yeah. Dan getting killed by a great white would be awful I because of have the. To
1: Google because this because it's supposed to be painless. Google it.
0: Yeah. How many people? White how many people bite. have been so mauled by a great white and that they know what it's like to die from it and yet survive?
1: It could probably eat me whole. I wouldn't even feel it. Eat you whole they're big. They have huge. I'm reading right now. They're talking about the most powerful bites in the animal kingdom. Great white's not even in the top 10. It's number 11 out of 12. And uh, I'm disappointed. It's only 625 PSI.
0: Mm-hmm. How much is a, how much is a, uh, an alligator? Or uh, a hold on, I've got to
1: click to read more on that garbage. I hate that. You know, click to the, go to the next one. A lion is six fifty.
0: Yeah.
1: A bear nine seventy five. Yeah, see, I'm telling you. Yeah, but the bear the bear is messy. You know, yeah. they don't get get you all at once. I think the size of the great white's jaws. Look, an alligator snapping turtle is a thousand psi, but they that's not going to kill you. It just really hurts. Tiger okay. is ten fifty.
0: Uh a gray white is big, but the way that they eat is not that they swallow you whole. They could like, if you're small enough. I'm not yeah, as big the, as you. But that's not how they eat. They want to grind you up with their multiple teeth. They want to flop you, you know, throw you around and and beat you into submission. They're not like they're not. You're not. They're not like swallowing you like a pill. They want to. They want to like grind you.
1: Gorilla 1300 PSI bite. Yeah, that's the thing. Don't get bitten by a gorilla. Okay, I'm skipping the boring ones. Okay, the hippo has 1825.
0: The big aminal.
1: And it's the most dangerous aminal in Africa.
0: Have you ever seen a hippo eat a pumpkin?
1: (laughs) I've seen a video of that. Yeah, it's awesome. Okay, you, you asked about the alligator. They come in at number two. 2,125 PSI for the alligator. And the number one is not so distant, the crocodile. Do you want to guess? Uh, it, it's way higher. It's way, way higher
0: than the alligator? Yes. Yeah. How, what Take is a that guess. about? Uh, 3,000. More. It's 3,700 per wow. square inch. Why, why would a crocodile have such a why does much it need stronger that? jaw? They can
1: be twenty feet long and weigh more than a ton. I'm still going to go with the because I feel like the great white when it closes on you, you know, it's just you're at peace. Then you know, you know, you've gone back to nature. No, no. How do you want to go? But what, what animal do you want? Do you want the gorilla to bite you?
0: I don't want to die. You by have an to pick an animal? animal. No, you
1: have to pick one.
0: Um, how about uh? How about I lick one of those frogs and I die? <laughs> that's not the frog ki- in, killing you, that's you killing yourself. Instantly. Fro- well, so is you jumping in out I was out of just a cage and,
1: John, I was just swimming. I didn't uh, lick anything. Well, I was
0: just licking, you know, it's just <laughs> natural behavior. I lick everything I find.
1: Sure. All right, uh, I, I'll go along with that.
0: But you know, like one of those one of those uh, one of those poison uh that you that you die fast.
1: You like, don't want to get bitten, though, right? One
0: of those kill you instantly type of aminals.
1: They, any kind of animal poison, though, it seems like it, you're wracked with pain. It takes a long time to die. You swell up uh, everywhere. I'm trying to think of, like, if you have to go by an animal, what could be better? What could be more pain, painless than I, you, the warm ocean, you know?
0: You are, you are crazy to think that it would be painless.
1: I know I knew somebody that got bit not by a great white but by a shark, and I said, "What did it feel like?" He said, "You know, I just really just felt the pressure. I didn't feel any pain. It was just pressure. I can deal with pressure. I'm under the pressure point, right now doing this show."
0: Yeah, it's it's very akin to being bitten by a shark, it but is. it doesn't sound to me like you're just relaxing and sinking into the ocean. of <laughs>
1: well, that's in the in the, another it off. half
0: an hour. I will be. Um, okay, right see. here, right here, right here. I'm
1: just I just Googled Does a Shark Bite Hurt?
0: Yeah.
1: And there's yeah. a handful of articles. And the first uh-huh. one, here's one on, on from t- today, from the Today Show. What's a shark bite like? Attack survivors recall amazing tales. Uh-huh. And uh I'm I'm, I'm scrolling now because there's a lot of words on this page.
0: I'm uh, up here. The fifth most the fifth most <laughs> deadly uh-huh. aminal is the cone snail. What is that? The cone snail is an underwater snail that has teeth that can penetrate a wetsuit. <laughs> sounds horrible. And it says the, that one dose of the venom of this tiny little mollusk is enough to kill 20 humans. What? Yeah, cone snail. The fourth most poisonous thing is the irukandji. Jellyfish, which is only as big as your fingertip, and it gives you excruciating pain. That See, that's what more- sets the pain. I don't want. There is no venom, anti-venom for the sting. It gives you a fatal brain hemorrhage. Morphine doesn't work. The third most <laughs> deadly animal. These are all in the ocean. These could kill you. Just you're waiting for the great sh- white to come, and all these things are out there too. The blue ringed octopus. It's the size of a golf ball. It can cause respiratory failure within 10 minutes and death within 30. One bite can kill 26 men. I don't know how this guy could bite 26 men at once, but and there's no <laughs> antidote. Pretty busy. All right, that's number three. All right, here's
1: what one guy says. He says, At first, when I got bit, though, it didn't hurt. Like it was like I was all adrenaline, he said. Uh huh. So when I was paddling in, I didn't even feel it.
0: Ta da! Yeah, that's what it's like. I need that little like.
1: Windows, Microsoft Windows, ta-da, sound.
0: <laughs> that's what it's like to get any injury. You yeah, don't feel it at first. So I'd be gone. Well, you could be killed by a sword. In that case, you could be killed with an arrow to the to the brain. The the easiest way to die is arrow to the brain. Yeah, like in an arrow fight. That have to go through your eye. and That would hurt. Yeah. The most deadly anim- animal is the box jellyfish. Oh yes, I know about those. Again, again, uh, one of our, our beloved animals in
1: Florida. I think that's the state animal for Florida is the box jellyfish.
0: Again, it, it can kill 60 adults with one <laughs> amount of venom, which seems like a weird. It's just like it's like, oh, this car has got a thousand horsepower. It's like a thousand horses. Have we ever seen a thousand horses? How would you ever chain them up to do any work at all? You can't, you can't measure something about a thousand horsepower, <laughs> a thousand horses, a thousand horses couldn't do anything. Like you put them all together and, and, and have some kind of, some kind of giant like harness that. And then what? Well, there'd you be got slack. There would
1: always, you'd always wind up in slack. There's always a horse. that's not going to pull its own weight. I guarantee that's you.
0: Right. That's right. And what are they going to do? You know, a thousand horses all chained together. Can't go 120 miles an hour. What can they do? Pull a house down? Like, what do you want? What do you want done? that a thousand horses are the answer. We
1: would like to say thank you to Masterclass. Imagine learning new recipes from Gordon Ramsey, photography tips from Annie Leibovitz. Now you can with Masterclass. They offer online courses taught by the best in the world, and each class is shot with cinematic production quality. It offers on-demand lessons loaded with exclusive content you will find only on Masterclass. So many great Classes there. You've got Malcolm Gladwell, who talks about writing, Ron Howard on directing, astronaut Chris Hadfield on space exploration. You name it, they've got a pro, a real deal person talking and teaching and sharing what they know. Dead Mouse is one that I really enjoyed. Watched that with my kid, and it's awesome. Here's the thing roadwork listeners can unlock access to every masterclass for a year right now at masterclass.com slash roadwork. This gives you unlimited access to over 35 world-class masters, all for one low annual price, masterclass.com slash roadwork. And again, that's unlimited access to everything. Learn from the best in the world at masterclass.com slash roadwork. I feel like when they were coming up with horsepower, they used it because everyone understood the power of a single horse because that's all we had right so like yeah. if i were to say to you as a you know some kind of farmer who uses horses on your land or as a somebody who's riding a horse or using a horse to pull a, a buggy around if i said it's it's as strong as a horse that would mean that's like a a, a term you understand you know like if i, I also
0: understand this explanation yes yes
1: and and so, I've, but I feel like now no one, very few people relate to that. Like that doesn't, like the current generation of kids right now, if you said that's 20 horsepower, they'd be like, does that mean 20 horses? You'd be like, yeah, They're like all right. But if you actually ask them, like, how, how much can one horse pull? I don't think a regular person would know that. Or how strong is a single horse? No one knows that. You're like, oh, it's 350 horsepower engine. You're like, cool. What does that mean, though? Yeah, what does it mean? I can't relate to it.
0: I uh, I googled <clears throat> what's the most painless way to die because I'm trying to I'm trying to counter your yeah and your it like says shark outrageous doesn't the it outrageous shark story uh-huh. and then uh, like one of the first things I clicked on was this blog <laughs> by a guy named Mani a uh, uh, Karthik okay and Monty Karthik has a blog. It says five easy and painless ways to painless ways to suicide.
1: (laughs) That's not what I'm wanting to do necessarily.
0: Well, right. But, but, uh, but he, then of course he starts off like, if you're reading this, I'm sure there is something going on in your life, possibly something bad. And then he uh, goes on in a very chatty style to talk about, um, to talk about, I don't know, life, uh, he has a one of the titles here is people don't care for you, isn't it? <laughs> That's an interesting way to describe it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, for the record, I'm not con- contemplating a suicide at all. I'm not uh, thinking about that, and I hope no one in the audience is. But I'm saying that if at some point in my advanced old age that I feel like I'm, you know, I, I've I'm I no longer have a use on the planet, gray whites, what I'm gonna. I'll be very seriously looking at some kind of trip to, to go be with the gray white. Uh-huh. Uh, this has been Ma- my plan for decades.
0: Mani says, first off, think about your favorite person in life. The one comma whom you will talk to before you suicide. Think about that one thing you wish they did to you. Obviously they didn't do it because otherwise you wouldn't want to suicide. According to Monty. Write it down. Now you've got to write down the thing that your favorite person in life didn't do to you. This is his plan. Number three. Now, this is the important part. It requires some effort, so focus. Well, that's not really one of the <laughs> steps. That's just first rule of Fight Club. Don't talk about Fight Club. Yeah. Number four. Approach the person you thought of, comma, And do that thing you wished they did to you, comma, even before they can do it to you. Got it? Whoa, switcheroo. They probably weren't going to do it to you, whatever it was. So that's not, you don't have to like run up and do it. But what could it be? What could it be that would, that if you did it to them, you wanted them to do it to you. And then you did it to them. I feel, I feel a
1: little bit lost right
0: now. Now you don't want to suicide. <laughs> okay, but wait, 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 wait. He says, okay, it's a bit complex. Let me break it down for you. And yeah, is spelled Y-A. He's very casual. He's like chill. He's, he's giving it to us in street talk. For example, if you wanted someone to tell you that they loved you, say your wife or your son or your lover, find the S-O-B, get a minute from him and stand right in front of him, her. Swallow your pride, forget your past, look straight in their eyes and say, I love you, USOB. Fucking walk away then. Let them marinate on it for a while. Boom. Five. Now you sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. I guarantee you, you'll be surprised the way they react. This is the most novel um, (laughs) anti-suicide website I've ever been to. What you just did is the comma is the most powerful thing in the universe or hologram or whatever the hell it is. They can't ignore it. Um, oh, but wait, now he's getting into all the ways to commit suicide. Okay. Jump off a building, he says. No. Why, why not? You're not going to feel anything. You jump off the building, you That'd fall you terri- Too terrifying. Oh, okay.
1: Uh, not a big, well, I'm not into heights. I mean, I don't want to get all morbid with this. I was. Right. I want to focus on the animal part. This is about animals. It's an animal show.
0: Bonnie doesn't have any idea how to kill yourself. This, yeah. this blog is nah, this, screw this August. It's the third. It's the third response. Uh, the third re- reply on Google to most painless death. The first one is suicide prevention lifeline, which you would expect. <clears throat> good. Good. The second one is a link to all the Quora, mm-hmm. like what's the quickest way to kill yourself? Where a bunch of like. Like 65-year-old Navy SEALs will say, I've watched 70 men die, Yeah, uh, which is what happens on Quora, at least the Quora's that I follow. And then the third is Five Easy and Painless Ways to Suicide by Monty Karthik. Not what I want. No. No. Well, well, what, is the, what is the Steam community? Who are – what is Steam? Steam, and-
1: Steam is a platform by the company called Valve. You get the connection there. Uh, Valve made games like Half-Life, Half-Life 2, Portal, and... Portal uh, 2? Yes, and there's other newer games that they've made. And Steam is kind of a combination. It's it's On the one hand, it's a community. On the other hand, it's also a platform that, uh, that Valve and other companies use to sell games. So it's almost like the app store for games in a way. And it's a yeah. uh, cross-platform, um, Apple, Windows, Linux, and so you can... I believe it's still on Linux. But you can basically release, if you're a game developer, you could release a game on Steam and and then people could buy it from you and and reviews are there. But it's also community. It's got, I think it's got forums and other things. And uh, and so that's sort of Valve's big platform that they have.
0: Because somebody two years ago tried to log on to Steam. And they used my email address, and I don't know whether oh. they transposed a number or a letter or something. <laughs> okay. And their um, their handle. Let's see if I can find any of these. Their handle. Um, uh, let's see. Oh no, no. Anyway, Steam started sending me these. Um, Login helps. Whoever it was that was trying to log into Steam was like, "It won't let me log in," and so Steam would send me a thing,
1: right, saying, "You're you're trying to log in or reset your saying, password."
0: Yeah, here's the code you need to change your Steam login credentials. Yeah, and I'm like, I don't, know. I don't, I don't, I don't want that, and uh, and then the person would not get a reply probably from steam cause it was coming to me and they would do it again and they would do it again. And I would get this, you know, I'd get 10 of these in an afternoon. Mm-hmm. This started like two years ago <laughs> and I still periodically will get whoever this person is. I mean, unless it's, unless it's some glitch in, in valves machine where they, um, they keep sending it to me. I've, I swear to you, I have never tried to log into Steam. But for a long time, I was like, "What the fuck is Steam? Like, mm-hmm. get out of get out of my head." <laughs> and I still don't understand a hundred percent why you would go to an app store to socialize. But I long ago stopped pretending that I was going to understand that type of thing. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> but according to Uh, According to Google, the fourth result of most painless death is something that's happening in the steam community where they're talking about somebody is, you know, is recommending carbon monoxide. Now, why are they talking about that in steam? I don't. I don't know. And then the fifth one, the fifth result is young bank worker researched how to die painlessly. So the fifth one is a meta result. Talking about someone who also Googled most painless death. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that young bank worker said, What the fuck? Suicide prevention lifeline, you gotta expect, but I don't want to go on Quora and listen to those old guys. And yeah. then Monty Karthik, Jesus, he's a <laughs> that was a weird rabbit hole. And now I'm on Steam. I didn't want to log into Steam. No wonder that I mean, I don't I didn't I don't want to read the story about the young bank worker. But uh I and hopefully this is a thing I hope that no one on the program is uh, taking our lighthearted suicide romp as any kind of endorsement of killing yourself by shark.
1: I'm not endorsing anything. I'm saying this is something I might, I might look at doing when I'm you are, you 100, are 100
0: years 100%, old. You are 100% endorsing death by shark
1: only for myself at an advanced age. If I make it to like 110 years old and I feel like I can't be of any use anymore. And you hear that I'm going on an expedition well, you'll, you'll be long gone. Cause you know, you're much older, but yeah, it, I'll bring a little plaque, you know, it has a, your photo in it or something to, to the meet the shark. Good Lord. It's just, a, whole- it's a plan. Plans change.
0: This whole thing just feels like some weird example of Dan Benjamin sitting around thinking of ways to troll people. no are you a troller? No some little bit of trolling. do you no. troll your kids?
1: Uh, no more than an average parent. I don't think are you a teaser? No, you don't tease no, absolutely not <clears throat> never did never teased never i was any- I was way too teased as a kid to ever want to make someone else feel the way I did growing up.
0: Who teased you? Almost everyone. What did they tease you about? You're a handsome, handsome guy. Uh, Being,
1: being younger than everyone else, being shorter than everyone else, being weaker than everyone else, wearing glasses, being Jewish. uh, Where, where do you want to begin? We can oh, keep going. All, ha- Jewish. all of my all of my interests, liking Dungeons and Dragons. I mean, well, name you, name you some that. yeah, name something, and I was likely teased for it, uh, or or potentially, you know, uh, bullied or whatever the term would be that you would like to use for that. I've experienced that, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, I think what what happens with kids now with the whole thing that happens on the internet where you know like the entire school turns on a child and they're forced to you know go to another school and that that kind of thing yeah. I think that's much worse than what I had to deal with or what we had to deal with as as kids uh I think it's much worse or has the potential to be much worse now than anything I ever dealt with uh but yeah there's a lot of teasing and bullying that went on so no I would never I would never tease Someone, unless it was in a very, very comfortable situation with someone who I knew incredibly well, and it would be very, very light teasing about something.
0: Yeah, what, I mean, gentle teasing, like mm. you know, I, I gently tease you sometimes. Yeah, but you, it never—it doesn't hurt your feelings. No, never. Yeah, because you know that I'm not. I don't. I don't mean anything bad. Of course. I wouldn't want to hurt you. I wouldn't want purpose. you
1: in my bedroom without me present because of things you've said on the show before. But mm-hmm. th- that's more that's- my paranoia of a practical joke. That seems reasonable. Yeah. That I wouldn't want like today. I went into the, uh, into the little kitchen that's here. now it's a shared kitchen in this shared office space thing that I'm in. And there was a guy in there who would got one of the little offices near mine and we were chatting and, uh, and i was about to you know i was in preparation for the show so whenever i do this show i usually make some kind of a hot beverage tea something like that and so i was waiting for him to finish up at the sink to go fill up a little uh a little cup of water to go in and boil the water and they have a um what is it called a poor pure pure
0: here thing for-
1: that's attached to the faucet, right, and so yeah. you you turn the little crank on the side of it, and when you turn the water on it goes and purifies it, and if you turn it the other way, it's just a regular faucet, so I turned it on, and I filled it up, and he's sort of watching me do this, and uh, he says well w- you you know you know about the thing right here, the other thing, and so next to the sink, there is a like metal canister that you pour the water. In From the top, and then it it purifies it in another way and 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 I guess it goes through several filters, and i don 't know if there's osmosis happening i don 't know what happens in there, but it comes out and it 's much better. It tastes much better, but i don 't use that mm-hmm. and my understanding is that what they 've been doing is they've been taking pushing it through the pure and then pouring it in through this thing, so it 's like twice as pure wow but I don't use it. And he's like, Oh, do you know about this thing? I said, yeah, I just, I can't, I can't use it. He's like, Oh, why not? I said, well, don't worry about it. He's like, well, tell me. I said, because there's a couple other guys in this office who they'll be sucking on the water, regular water bottles, you know, like a Ozarka water bottle or a Zephyr Hills or whatever brand you have up there. It's a regular water bottle. They'll suck have those brands. They'll suck on that. And then they stick Ooh. the, not n- n- the, the opening up against the little nozzle out of the canister. Like, they'll oh. put it up, like, they'll put the nozzle into their bottle, into their water bottle.
0: Oh, that's terrible.
1: And fill it up that way. And I told him that. I'm like, ever since I saw that, and he just took the cup that he had just filled up from it and just threw away and walked out of the room.
0: Yeah, fuck yeah, so would I. I'm-
1: I mean, so I can't use that anymore. And I watched a guy do it, and I was. it was one of those situations, like, looking back, I feel like this is an opportunity for learning for him on his behalf where I could say, hey… Yeah, maybe you don't do that because it's nasty. But I didn't. I didn't say anything. It was like I was so shocked. Yeah. That I was like, I was like frozen. Like I couldn't. I didn't know what to say. Like it was. I was like outside of my body. I was like astral projecting while it was happening. I like saw both of us standing in the room. It was like an out of body experience. That someone would do that and it was so disgusting and think nothing of it. I don't know. I'm.
0: Just, That's repulsive. Yeah. I
1: can't. I can't.
0: No, no, I, but <clears throat> thinking back on, on, uh, on our conversation, I'm, I'm trying to remember exactly what the, um, the segue was where we were talking about that. I was, I'm still back at the teasing conversation, but we switched over to a germaphobe conversation. Oh yeah, well. W- one where I'm a hundred percent on your side. Yeah. But do you remember where the turn happened? No. Oh, okay. All right. I can try. No, no, no. It's fine. It's fine. I, I am, I'm, you know, I, I do not identify as a germaphobe, um, but that type of thing grosses me out. Yeah. Just, just straight up. I would have, I would feel the exact same way. Like, whoa, no, 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 don't, you know, like anytime somebody offers me a drink of their thing, I have, I'm always watching how people treat their, their, um, Water bottles or their drinking things because yeah. I'll take a drink out of somebody else's thing, yeah. but not if they're like one of those people that puts the whole mouth of the thing in their mouth. Like if you're just taking sips off of the edge of a of a of a glass, like yeah, there's a there's probably a seventy percent chance that I can take a sip out of it and I won't put my lips on a place where your lips have been, and I'm going to just I'm just going to accept the tiny amount of liquid that might have gone in your mouth and come back out i'm just going to accept it because probably it didn't you know it's like every time somebody farts their particles in the air you can't escape it <laughs> there's a there's a little bit of sharing that has to happen yeah but you know there are people that will do that they'll just they're putting their drink their bottle all the way in their mouth and they're like want a drink it's like why would i want that yeah don't offer you it been, if you're gonna you've been licking it yeah but that's the problem with having a child to the child, you can't. I mean, <clears throat> it's hard for me to. Of all the things I have to teach my daughter, one of the things that still I have yet to teach her is don't lick a thing all over and then offer a bite of it to somebody else. That's yeah. the same. That's the same as taking that thing and just smashing it in their face. Yeah. Uh, she hasn't figured that out yet.
1: We have like a community dish towel. That's that's in the kitchen. That's um, right underneath the, the sink, hanging on the the bar that goes across the sink. It's like a drawer pull type thing. Mm-hmm. And my wife and kids all use this, but they don't just dry their hands. If they wash their hands, first of all, the the best job my kids have ever done washing their hands is like the at the bare minimum. Their best job is the bare minimum I would do con- to consider my hands being washed. Uh, they don't wash. Even if I stand over them and encourage them, they'll do fine. But if left to their own devices, it's like the minimum amount of contact with the water, the minimum amount of soap on, that's it, and they're out. So they're drying their hands on this towel, but they don't stop there. They'll, if, they, if there's something sticky, they'll just wipe it on the towel. If they want to clean off their mouth, Wipe it on the towel. Everything gets wiped on these towels. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. I won't use it. I won't use it. Mm-hmm. And I feel super guilty because I use – instead, I have to use a paper towel. And I don't oh, – I yeah. feel really guilty because I use paper towels to dry my hands at that at that sink.
0: Right. And you're a, you're a, a hippie of a certain age where you still feel like paper towels are the thing that are going to save or wreck the environment. They are. Uh-huh.
1: Just those. And uh-huh. so I feel, I, feel yeah. I have guilt about that, but I'm not going to not do it. I recycle well, sure. everything else.
0: Sure. Sure. Well, that's the thing. I mean, whenever you, whenever you talk to the big environmental scientists, whenever you read the New York Times, they're like, we are drowning under paper towels. And also, that's the reason we're cutting down the forests. It's not for other reasons. And also, cutting down the forests is the biggest environmental crime.
1: Oh, I don't use very much paper. No. I don't have a lot of products that are in packages. What about all the faxing? That but, you do? but none. But then there's all this paper towel use. Yeah. If you were to take all the paper towels I used in a year and show them to me, I would be mortified.
0: If you took all the paper towels you used in a year and crunched them down, <laughs> yeah. you could probably put them in a Quaker Oats skin. No. No. I use a lot. I use a I mean, lot. I'm, I'm talking about really crunch them down. No. Because you, you don't can only think they fold fit paper seven. No, you can only fold paper seven times. Yeah, I know that. And Isn't in that a, wonderful? It maybe a
1: Quaker Oat container every couple days.
0: But I mean, like, reduce it to pulp and compress the pulp. Hmm. I'm saying all the paper towels, all the paper towels that you use. Yeah. If you were to return those to their natural state, they would, they would not comprise. It'd be a whole. It'd
1: be like the redwood forest in. Uh, <laughs>
0: It would not be a very large proportion of even one tree,
1: Muir Woods.
0: It would be the, all
1: of the Muir Woods each year. Yeah, I feel like it. I feel guilty about it.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, meanwhile, like all the coal plant, all the coal-fired electric plants in China are are like spe- <laughs> spewing. Yeah spewing uh, the equivalent of your paper towel, your yearly paper towel use in chlorofluorocarbons or whatever. Yeah. Or in, uh, you know, like every second.
1: We would like to thank Beachbody on demand. That's right. You've heard about them on this show before. This is so cool. The thing that I'm getting into now, I'm going to be starting up the P90X plan. This is their class that you've probably heard of p 90 this is the one that people do and like you don't see them for a couple weeks and you see them again. You're like, what have you done? Have you been working out? Why do you look so awesome? Why are you beautiful now? That's what I want people to say to me. That's why I'm gonna do the P90X. And this is the place to go to get a beach body on demand. They've got over seven hundred workouts for all fitness levels, ranging from bodybuilding to weight training to cardio. They got HIT workouts, they got yoga. There's even dance workouts as workouts you can do with your kids. It's so awesome. And all of this, you could do it all in your own home. Yeah, I mean, that's the cool part about it. You don't need special equipment. You don't need anything except a screen. Could be your phone. Could be your tablet. Could be your computer. Could be your TV if you've got an Apple TV hooked up to it or one of the other uh, many devices because they're everywhere. There's an app all over the place. Even the web-enabled TVs themselves, you can do this on there. And, and I think personally, it's the best deal in fitness. Here's the thing. Think about how long it takes you to go and drive to the gym and then from the gym. You could have done the workout in that same time in the comfort of your own home or your hotel room or wherever you are. They have workouts that are as short as 10 minutes many that don't require any extra equipment at all. And then they've got longer ones. They've got ones where you're doing a full 30 or 60 minute workout. It's whatever you want to do. It's at your pace and it's in the comfort of your own home. Just yesterday, a friend of mine said, he's like, Dan, how how do I get in shape? And I told him, it's like, Start with Beachbody on Demand because his big thing is he's like I don't feel comfortable taking classes with other people. I don't want to work out in front of someone. I'm too self conscious. Welcome to the club. Like that's all of us. Beachbody on Demand is is your thing to try. Now these guys are old school, so they have an old school way for you to sign up. It's not bad. Oh, it's 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 OG. And so here's what you do: you text the word roadwork one word, roadwork, to 303030303030 on your phone. Just text the word roadwork to 303030. You will get full access to the entire platform, every class, every workout, nutritional information, all the support, totally free to try it out. Again, you text the word roadwork to 303030 to try this trial membership, and you and about a million other people literally they've got like a million other customers including me uh can get in shape this is awesome go check it out beach body on demand text roadwork to 303030 30, 30. did we fix the ozone no what happened to that remember how there was that panic for so long that there was a hole in the ozone layer and that that we were all going to get like like skin cancer or something or die all
0: oh, right so we took the cfc's out of everything yeah did
1: that fix and- it because I haven't well, heard anyone talk about that in a long
0: time. It, it, you know, but here's another thing that you haven't heard about lately. Um, killer bees. Right. Have you noticed that? Yeah Africanized, yeah, Africanized bees. You haven't really heard about killer bees. I was talking to my mom the other day about, uh, I'm sure you remember, you're, you're just old enough to remember when um, people were talking about peak food we were no longer going to be able to produce enough food on for the planet, for the planet Earth yeah. To feed the people, and we were going to all starve to death, mass famine. Yes. Um so the ban oh so look at this, Dan. This is something I didn't know. The ban of CFCs came into effect in nineteen eighty nine. We were still we were still panicking about it. It was still a big deal. Ozone label lab, bleh, ozone level stabilized by the mid nineties that fast. Oh, wow. It began to recover in the 2000s. But we fixed it. Recovery is projected to continue over the next century, and the ozone hole is expected to reach pre-1980 levels by around 2075. Wow. Holy cats. The, the CFC ban, which is called the Montreal Protocol, is considered the most successful international environmental agreement to date.
1: No kidding.
0: Well, I am so glad you brought that up. What, a, what, a, uh, what an encouraging a bit a piece of news that is because it just seemed to me like like everything else that was just that is still an awful uh a looming catastrophe that now we just don't talk about but in fact it was a simple matter they identified cfc's as the problem there was a whole there was a whole like uh peanut gallery that said that cfc's weren't the problem mm. or that you know, or it was God's will, or whatever. <laughs> right, but we yeah. ban- we we banned these things, but it didn't keep us from having spray cans. You can still get spray cheese. Yeah. And uh, and we banned them, and uh, and it fixed the problem. Wow. Did you so- ever watch
1: that that Nostradamus HBO special? No. Uh, there was this Nostradamus movie that was on HBO, and it was narrated by Orson Welles. Oh, you can watch. Their full version is online. I'm going to put this in the show notes. Hmm. It's called Nostradamus, The Man Who Saw Tomorrow uh, by Orson Welles, uh, narrating it. And it was 1981. Okay, so you were what? 13, 14? Mm -hmm. About, okay, I was a few years younger than you and this thing scared the crap out of me because it it was well i mean it was horrifying it talked about the end of the world and all these quatrains where man will become man eater you know and like all the <laughs> famine and everything else and you know it was really i'll put this in the show notes but this thing used to horrify me and then then you you turn on the tv and uh and they'd be talking like the ozone's going away and we're all you know we don't have enough food and I, I was see. convinced this. We were, like, really hardcore on track. For, and then he talks about the, the Antichrist who will – Oh, you yeah, know, he has come, a blue turban, right? Come to, yeah, he'll come to power, and he's already alive. He's here. Like, he's alive right now. And I'm like, I oh, know, man, he's, he is. he's like my age, too.
0: Yeah, he's somewhere out there, like, spraying chlorofluorocarbons <laughs> that's into the right, sky. That's right. I do remember, yeah. The, Terrifying. I remember if I didn't see that exact show, I do remember the um, – the feeling that we were on the verge of of apocalypse at all times.
1: At all times. That's the one thing that I feel like now people are are so offended by everything. And I'm not saying that, that they don't have a right to be offended. I'm just saying everyone's offended don't about everything all the time. And yeah. – uh, well, I wouldn't want to offend anyone. And uh, and And so – that's because they don't have fear. They don't have any, the fear that we grew up with. We grew up with so much fear that is, is the ozone going to have a problem? Are you know, is the sun going to explode? Is there going to be a nuclear war again tomorrow? You know, like literally any second something would happen that would destroy everyone. And I
0: think they feel that they have fear, but, but it isn't the same sort of existential fear that everything is going to end. Yeah. Everything is going to end like suddenly and it's going to be really bad and you're going to be walking walking the the earth post-apocalyptically right um yeah that was now uh, let me ask you this do you dan feel like uh your sort of uh, what we would describe as your your sort of uh characteristic anxiousness do you mm. think that that's something that you, that was in you from the beginning or something that uh that that you were raised something something about your childhood or something about your young life uh created uh anxiety in you
1: um the doctor calls it generalized anxiety disorder mm-hmm. and so I, it's a it's a thing i have done great great work and made lots of progress on that in in my life not to say that i never feel anxiety anymore but it's like so much better it's a whole different world for me that I live in now but um i think it's both john i think i think that i'm predisposed genetically for that and then the life that i had was very conducive to the full on development of that type of anxiety that's mm-hmm. that's my belief and that if if someone had put think of the most chill person that you know and put them in the same situations that I've been in they might be a little anxious but i mm-hmm. feel like i was absolutely primed uh to to go to feel that way well
0: what 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 was the what was the the peak of that what was the worst time uh, where ang- ang- anxiousness, anxiety had had uh, had become unbearable.
1: Probably about fifteen, ten or fifteen years ago, sometime in that time period. So I was, uh, I was a very much you know a work a working adult, and I think we'd had our first kid, and I was like working for, I was work, doing software development for a company that. Uh, so I was like telecommuting, working at home for a company that was in another state and the amount of anxiety that I felt at that time. And I'm looking back. I don't think I needed to feel any of that, but that's the crux of the anxiety thing is like, it doesn't, it's like anything can, can, can set it off. Anything can trigger you, especially when you're in that sort of anxious state. It's hard to, to see outside of that. It's hard to see around that. Um, yeah. And so I, I'm not. I can't point to anything that was going on at that time that was necessarily more or less stressful than any other time in my life. But that was that was the peak for me, where I eventually, you know, like that's when I developed all of these very anxiety related physical issues that I had, where I was having um, GERD, uh, a.k.a. Uh, you know, heartburn that doesn't go away ever. Uh, you know, for, for weeks, then months at a time where I was having like heart palpitations and other physical issues relating to the anxiety that finally my body told me loud and clear, like, you really need to do something about this, dummy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's what led me to get some therapy about it and start making lifestyle changes and meditating and exercising and other things that that took a long time to to help but eventually helped. But yeah, and I'm not really sure. Like I I very very much remember when I was conscious of the sort of anxiety and OCD stuff that when it like was in my life enough that I knew it was a thing and I was probably about 11 years old when that started and I remember – you know the 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 ocd kind of starting to the point where it was I- interfering with my life uh but it it that's kind of it kind of peaked and stayed there for a while until i was you know maybe like in my early 30s then it got to be a whole different thing
0: but you knew that it was you knew that there was something in you that would respond to treatment or that it was abnormal it wasn't i mean although you although you felt uh although the anxiety itself um like made you feel anxious or rather it was you know it was like recapitulating right you always had there was always a viewpoint in you somewhere that could look down upon your situation and recognize it as abnormal
1: yes, because i um yes i I think looking at other people and understanding that they didn't feel that way told me that it was not it was not normal in that sense I, and and it didn't necessarily fill me with hope that there would be a time when I wouldn't feel that way it mm-hmm. was more it these people don't feel that way and I'm kind of one of the only people that I know or the only person that I know who who seems to feel this way and because of that yes this probably isn't normal and maybe maybe there's some small degree of relief that i can get from this um that doesn't involve you know taking um taking drugs for a long period of time maybe there's something i could do as an alternative to that uh you know and then so that was kind of the path that i was on i was determined to try everything before uh, before relying on a pharmaceutical to feel better mm-hmm. and uh and i don 't fault anyone who uses pharmaceuticals. that was my choice, my path that I wanted to be on, but I kind of knew, and then when I went to a therapist for a while and talked to her for a while at the end of it, I said, "Is this normal?" and she says, "Well she said you know there's uh, there are a lot of people who feel like this, which is why we have a term for it." <laughs> uh she said but but in, most people don't feel this way necessarily right and so that also told me that yeah there wasn't you know but it, but it's not like it it's not like i could flip a switch and and make it go away and i think a lot of people like i did at the time would like an easier way out and the the things that i did to address it were were and are i guess pretty difficult, pretty challenging uh, but the me me now at a fundamental level is much 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 less anxious and stressed than I was even just a few years ago, but certainly compared to the way I was back then i was it was a wreck i was, it was bad, it was bad
0: and this is a result of of like diligent methodical work yeah. on your part yeah. Yeah. No quick fix, but but uh, a more a, a more um, long term practice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
1: and I mean, there's lots of different parts to it. It's for me, it was never the kind of thing that like I. There was no magic bullet where I was like, oh, you know what? If I just if I just go out jogging, then I'll jog. I'll feel good. I mean, there I I knew people, and you know, people always have advice for. Well, just go on a jog. Right. You know. <laughs> to get more sleep. Oh, yeah, right, 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 right. That's what I need to do. Oh, yeah, I should have thought of that, just sleeping more. Yeah. You know, like, that's easy. I'll just do that. You know, and, and so I, I learned to, what I had to do for myself was very, very different. And I had to figure out different things. And some things worked and some things didn't. And, yeah, it was a long, 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 long road. And, you know, there's a lot of things that I think, Would work, might have worked for me that wouldn't necessarily work for for someone else. And, you know, but the biggest, the biggest thing for me, the thing that made the most change or that I had the most effect on my life was, and I I guess I'm trying to think if we've talked about this, but was starting a, a meditation practice. Right. Have I told you this story? I don't want to repeat myself if I've already talked about it here.
0: I we have talked about uh, your meditation practice. Um, I in fact so much that I feel like it is a character on the show. Uh, yeah. Like a like one of those characters that that uh, only appears a couple of times a season, and you're like, oh, it's the guy, it's the, the it's the um, you know, it's the neighbor that you never see or whatever, but you always know he's there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's a great character. I mean, well, like one of my favorite characters in the series. I uh-huh. wish he appeared up more often. Uh-huh. But, you know, it's like also just the just the kind of knowledge that that character exists. Does, you know, it sort of does the heavy lifting of the character. You know what I sure. mean? Sure. Yeah, no, I, like I get it. Just there like maybe, oh, you know what it is? It's like maybe there's a picture of him on the wall. So every episode <laughs> you kind of see it's there mm-hmm. and you know like, oh, that's right. It's like Uncle Fester or
1: whatever. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I got into it because I, the therapist that I went to, she was said, oh, you know, there's these like breathing exercises that you can do that will help you in a moment of stress. And there was a couple of techniques that she told me about. And then she said, there's this CD that Dr. Weil made that's all about like breathing and relaxation. And I said, all right, well, yeah, I'll get the CD and I'll try it all out. And I did it. And it it occurred to me that you know these techniques and the whole concept of breathing and paying attention to your breathing and using that as a way to relax. That that worked and it worked well for me. Uh, and I thought, well, there must be more to this. Like there has to be more than just these two or three exercises. There's got to be a science to this. There's got to be more stuff happening here. And as I uh, started to research like breathing for relaxation, it seemed like the um, the Buddhists kind of had this market cornered like they they had this stuff figured out and so that's kind of what led me to learning about meditation learning about buddhist meditation specifically and and then eventually uh over the course of many years is what led me to sort of become uh full-on buddhist and and make meditation like an integral part of my life and i'll admit i don't do it very much anymore and that's one of my biggest regrets currently is that i don't have And I don't make enough time to do it like I used to because I was very, very, very into it and very – I mean it was, a big, it was a big part of every day. But after doing it for so many years, so consistently – and one of the things I'll tell you about meditation is that like it, it's not a quick fix and it's very difficult, but it fundamentally changed my brain – uh, Would you it,
0: describe yourself as a as a uh, as a sensitive person? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I mean, especially sensitive. <clears throat>
1: yeah, probably.
0: Like, how does that sensitivity uh, reveal itself?
1: I don't know. I mean, I'm not. I'm not sensitive in the sense of like someone will. s not. not Emotionally sensitive to things people say. I'm I'm not sensitive to that really very much at all uh, because I don't really care what other people think unless they're unless they're very close to me. Was that so, always true? No, no. That's a benefit of meditation for sure. Um, Is it really? I mean, yeah. It, for me, it, it was.
0: Were you worried about what people thought of you? It used to be very yes. Until until that recently.
1: Uh well that. I think
0: I think it
1: got better as I got older in general but meditating really helped with that uh greatly. Uh because right. I learned to not to not I mean one of the big tenets of Buddhism is um is non-clinging of course but that breaks down and gets even cl- uh, even even more into the detail level is it's not that important to compare yourself to other people or to compare other people to you or other people to other people that comparison that comparing is an unskillful thing to do and whether it's to say that person has more money than me or oh, that person doesn't have very good clothes or whatever it's all connected to sort of to conceit and that's not that's not a skillful thing uh so that helped me a lot but as far as sensitivity like you know we've talked about um food and things like that like there's – there, I, I like to eat a lot of food. I don't really have a lot of limitations. But I find that flavors and things like that are much more – I, I taste things other people don't taste. and it brings the whole super taster thing into it. And yes, I'm a super taster too. So I think I'm just wired up that way, John. Mm-hmm. You know what I want to tell you about? I want to tell you about really awesome sheets by Brooklinen. This is so cool. I, lo- I love this company. I love these sheets. Uh, these sheets are so good that they were named the, the, they were the winner of the best online betting category by good housekeeping so it 's not just me that likes these things they are one of the fastest growing betting brands in the world they 've got over twenty thousand five star reviews. You know You go to a hotel, a fancy hotel, Do you ever stay in a fancy hotel if you have you know the sheets always feel amazing. And this is actually the inspiration for starting the company. A husband and wife had been traveling and they were staying on these great sheets. They're like, why can't we have these at home? Why do we have to go and spend $800 a night to stay in a hotel to get sheets like this? They said, it shouldn't be this way. And they found out that most luxury sheets, which is what these are, are marked up as much as 300%. So what did they do? Take out the middleman, keep things personal. It's between them and us, the customer. Okay, so from design to manufacturing to customer service and beyond, they do it all. And they have this very small business approach. It's a husband and wife that started the company. And they have these old-fashioned values like make something to last, make it really high quality, make it great. And the and sheets that I have, they are the best, most comfortable sheets I've ever slept on. And they have an exclusive offer just for listeners of this show. You get $20 off and free shipping. When you use the promo code ROADWORK at brooklinen.com, that's spelled B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N, brooklinen.com, promo code ROADWORK, that's the only way that you're going to get the $20 off and the free shipping. But here's the thing. What if you don't like them, right? That's the concern. They give you a risk-free 60-night satisfaction guarantee. You get to try them out. And if you don't like them, it's no big deal. They also have a lifetime warranty on all their sheets and comforters. This is the this is the thing, and there's no risk to try it. So go to Brooklinen.com and use the promo code Roadwork. Save twenty bucks off and get free shipping. Thanks very much to Brooklinen for making this show possible.
0: What about you? Are you? Am I sensitive? Yeah. Uh, well. I don't know, Dan. I guess I would I guess I would throw that back to the To the audience, it seems unlikely that I would be um, that I'd be able to do these shows uh, like this without a certain amount of um, a certain large quantity of sensitivity.
1: I think you're very emotionally sensitive, but what about physically sensitive? Oh, I see what you're saying. Like, like for example. If uh, let's say this right now, not, not, in, not in your old rock and roll days, right now, uh, if, if you were to go to a hotel and the mattress was like really uncomfortable, would you even notice it was uncomfortable or would you just sleep fine on the mattress?
0: Oh, oh, in that sense. Yeah. Oh, I see. Um, I do. I mean, this is, this is something I'm, I, I'm kind of a little bit mm, embarrassed about or ashamed of. Because I, because I think of myself as someone, Hale and Hardy, who can withstand any amount of discomfort because I always have my my eyes on a bigger picture. But in fact, uh, little smells, little sounds, mm-hmm. a tiny pea under a stack of 40 mattresses, yes. all of that drives me bananas. Okay, me too. And if I go into a hotel room and it smells not just like cigarettes, but if it smells like bleach, or if it smells like air conditioner, or if it smells like some kind of uh, uh, air freshener or fabric softener, um, like I'll go ask for a different room. And if that room also See, smells like, I'm so like pleased it,
1: to hear. That. I'm so pleased to hear that.
0: Yeah, that I don't. But I don't like it about myself. I feel it feels too fussy. But I am fussy. I have to. I, to- I, have to I just- totally
1: agree. And see, but you come across, and a lot of the activities and things that you do, like the I was witness to these photos of you riding motorcycles around with your buddies and sleeping in a you know in a in a tent or whatever. You you still go and do those things somehow, and you seem to
0: enjoy it. Yeah, I do. I do. How I, um- how
1: how do you mitigate that against your sensitivities? If if the pee under the mattress is too much. How is it that you're sleeping in a tent out in the in the wilds of i guess Pacific America somewhere you know
0: i um I have decided that i can't what whatever those sensitivities are, I cannot let them intrude on my opportunities mm-hmm. and so i don't i just put it. Like if I, here I, here I am, I'm somewhere, I'm doing a thing. It turns out, okay, we're staying at, I have to get a room somewhere. Okay. The only place that it's, it turns out it's going to be this cheap motel and I can look at it from outside. I've stayed in so many cheap motels. Yeah. And I look at it and I go, Oh boy, this one is going to have some weird smells. It's either going to be that there's mold in the air conditioner or that they use some sort of heavily scented detergent or like there's mold in the floor mm. or there's or there's bleach I mean I'm as I'm telling these as I'm saying all these things I'm just thinking back on all the different motel rooms that had one or another of these I stayed in a place in the UK one time that smelled so strongly of bleach that I had to lay in bed with my like my head on the windowsill with the window open just to try and God. Like, have fresh air. But there was nothing I could do, right? It was, right. The room had been arranged by someone else. I arrived there at 1 o'clock in the morning. Everyone else was asleep. There was a key under the mat. It was just like – What can you do? You're stuck. It, yeah, it was one of those things where it's like, oh, well, I mean, I, all I can do is lay here and curse you for a 1,000 years. I hope whoever it was that cleaned this room um, also cannot sleep sometime when they desperately need sleep. But even as I know those things are coming, I cannot put those concerns over the the long goal, which is do everything, see everything. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, although I don't like that and although I have spent a lot of sleepless nights, one time in Florida, I was supposed to meet Um, I was supposed to meet somebody at the airport in Miami at like eight o'clock in the morning. I was supposed to pick them up at the airport and I had just arrived in Miami at like 11 o'clock at night. And I said, I don't want to just drive around town and and like catnap in the car. I'm going to go get a hotel room and I'm going to get a full night's sleep so I can be up in the morning and pick this person up and get on with the adventure. And I, and this was in a time when I did have the internet. This was only eight years ago, mm-hmm. eight or nine years ago. So there were, uh, there, there was the option of um, checking the internet. And I'm not sure, I don't think eight or nine years ago, I definitely didn't have an iPhone, but I I think I had that little BlackBerry Pearl or okay. something where, where, you, where it had a browser of some kind. You could kind of say like, I don't remember exactly how I did it. Cause it was, it was like nine years ago, but I, I got a recommendation of a hotel and I went over, I drove up and it was this wonderful looking fifties motel that was called like the paradise or, or something like that. And it had a neon sign and it had that, that sort of, um, atomic look and I loved it. I loved the look of it. And I pulled up and I got out and walked up and this, this place had come recommended by something. I mean, some proto Yelp or some, something. And the, the cashier was behind a bulletproof glass. And I said, Oh, <laughs> oh no. Oh well, no. Oh no. This is not, this is not like a really cool hip fifties motel that has been converted into like a groovy thing where the, you know, this is not the Doug fur in Portland. This is like a sleazy motel. And that's not what I want right now. Mm -hmm. Like I, I, I was not on, I wasn't like on tour with the band. I had money. I wanted just a, I just wanted a hotel. I would have stayed at a Marriott. But somehow I got the recommendation of this thing. And rather than follow my good instincts, I was like, I don't have that much time now. I just want to get into a room and get to sleep. And the person slid the key to me and it was an, you know, an actual key on an old fashioned plastic key fob mm-hmm. that said paradise motel. And, um, it was like in Clearwater or something. Uh,
1: yeah, that's where they are. Yep,
0: And, uh, and I went into the room, I opened the door and I was like, oh no. And I sat down on the bed and the bed had under the bed under the sheets, the bed had a plastic mattress protector that like crinkled as I lay down and I didn't put, I didn't like pull the, the blanket back. Mm -hmm. I didn't get into the bed. I just sort of lay down on top of the bed and turned on the TV and the TV only had, closed circuit porn
1: <laughs> what do you what's closed circuit porn meaning like there's a central place in the hotel that the broadcasts from
0: yeah it's not like you're not it's not channels where you're connected to the outside world and you're watching the playboy channel it's like just five channels that are playing porn of different kinds and it's like a, v, a
1: vcr down in the basement of the hotel that's
0: it's on a constant loop yeah. right 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 um so this was a motel that you know they were used to being paid by the hour. I could have gone down and said I want this room for 6 hours and uh, I maybe gotten a better deal or maybe 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 all night was the best the best deal. But I just lay there and was like this is awful. Like I I am paying for I'm basically paying for something I'm not going to use. Uh, but it was too late then to go to another place. So in the end, when I left the next day, the guy behind the, behind the bulletproof glass had made a big deal about the key fob. Like, make sure you put the key fob back in this slot. Um, like, he was really, really worried about the key fob getting stolen. <laughs> and so in the morning when I left, I took the key fob. And I was like, whatever amount I paid for, the, for that room... What it was really was that I was buying this key fob and I was buying the memory of this guy looking for that key fob and going, curse that guy. I told him 15 times about the plastic key fob of which he, you know, either he had a huge bin of them or he'd run out and he didn't want to get more made or something. I don't know. It's a classic 50s key fob though. And I have it on the wall. I I, I nailed it to the wall. Wow. With my, downstairs bathroom so that every time i look at it i am reminded to follow my instincts if you if you roll up to a hotel and it says and you look at it and you say this place is going to have plastic sheets and smell like bleach you gotta you gotta you gotta turn you gotta zig when you when you should zag or whatever and i i often don't i you know i commit I feel a commitment, right? Uh, when I make the choice, when I say like, okay, this is the place then I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm fighting against something in me. That's like, well, you already made your choice. Some weird voice that, uh, that I, that I, I want to resist. I want to, I want actually to be somebody that's like, nope. Like my sister, my sister will send her eggs Benedict back three times. Nope. And it doesn't matter to her that that her breakfast takes an hour and a half. She's just not going to settle for the eggs benedicts that that are wrong. But I'm like, I'll stay in this shitty motel and now you know get the creepy crawlies. I had I had not a bad time imagining what had happened in the room. But all all my <laughs> way of saying, Dan, I am uh I'm very sensitive to that stuff, and I'm and I'm kind of a. Sh- of the number of nights I have gotten zero sleep simply because my body could not relax in a place where the smells were wrong.
1: I love love hearing this because this is very much the same kind of stuff that I always am struggling with. And for some reason, I have this uh, apparently wrong image of you as this sort of, um, you know... I'm trying to think of the right word, like some some uh, lumberjack of sorts who's just, you know, like, as long yeah, it's as it's not... Yeah, as long as it's not torrential storming rain, you could just sort of pu- push some mulch together to make a pillow and sleep, you know, out in the cold underneath the mountain kind of thing, and and, you know, as long as the the pack of wolves keeps its distance. You're not, you have no fear. And you know what I'm saying? Like that's sort of the the mountain man image I have for some reason of, of you. Uh, and it's, it's quite nice to hear that that's just an a, imagining and a, not a real thing.
0: Well, it, it is because, because I, I, some of the best nights I've ever spent um, were with a pillow of mulch laying down, in the pouring rain it's not discomfort uh, that's the issue so much as it is like i don't know this weird this this um it's like a like pollution i have a i have this sensitivity to pollution atmospheric pollution mm. chemicals but also pollution in the form of sound like a rock under me if i'm laying on the in the dirt yeah I kind of can just wiggle. I mean, obviously there are times when it, you're just too uncomfortable to sleep, and sometimes sleeping outside when you're by yourself, I will also have a certain amount of fear. Mm-hmm. Just and it's like primitive fear. Uh, you, I can sit and say, like, look, you're, you know, you're sleeping in a place where there are no bears, right? And it's also very unlikely that a bad person will find you here. Like those are the two fears, right? Aminals and bad people. Mm-hmm. And many, many times I will be, uh, I will have slept. I have not like slept alone outside in a long time. I've slept outside just recently, but I haven't slept outside alone in several years. And when you're alone, it's like you feel that the 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 fear of like sounds in the night. It's more pronounced. Yeah. And, but in situations where I'm like, no serial killers are out in this particular place right now. Let's just, let's just establish that. Let's stipulate probably zero serial killers. And absolutely there are no carnivorous beasts. Mm -hmm. So like, relax. If something goes Creek or Crick or something, uh, it's either a tree in the wind or it's a, even if it's a deer, like a deer doesn't care. Right. I mean, at one point I made the mistake of not recognizing that wild boar were dangerous. Mm. And so I was like, there are no bears, but there were boars and boars are dangerous. And I did. And I learned that the hard way. But, uh, but even so, even in a place with no boars, you just can't convince your body not to react to like a twig breaking in the middle of the night nearby when you're alone in the dark. Yeah. But no, it's mostly, I mean, honestly, my enemy in the world is fabric softener.
1: (laughs) Really? I just hate it so much. Because the smell or what? I
0: hate the smell of fabric softener Ah. so much. If I smell fabric softener, I just, I just feel like it's, it's the, it is the pinnacle of unnecessary pollutant. It just has this treacly smell, and there's no reason for it. It doesn't soften your fabric. It doesn't do anything. It just makes your clothes smell like garbage. Well, now, it good thing, so it
1: prevents cling.
0: Ugh. You know what prevents cling? Hmm, what? dryer balls oh yeah those
1: you just chuck them in there and they bounce they bounce around in there while the stuff's rolling around in there
0: yeah that's right but also what the fuck cling is a big issue like what what world do you live in where static static it's a big thing it's like it's a big issue though you pull the things apart you hang them up on hangers Does, does the cling last like a week are you putting those clothes on immediately what it what it makes me feel is like people are throwing their mohair sweaters in the dryer or something like I I have not experienced static cling as a major feature in I can't remember even the last time two socks stuck together I don't know what it is it might be my dryer bowls